years ago when my daughter Hannah, uh, who is a senior this year now at the University of Georgia, was actually a freshman here in Madison at Memorial High School. During that first year of high school, she decided to take a class just sort of for fun uh, in the field of art. She took a class uh, called Art, Metals, and Glass. Any of you who have been memorial students or are memorial students, maybe you know about that class. They just deal with the elements of, of uh, metal and glass doing all kinds of projects. And one of the sections that she went through in this particular class was on um, mosaics creating mosaics together out of glass and metal and plaster Paris. And she actually made for me in that class this mosaic right here. She, uh, she knew my love language of the ocean and, uh, and created this for me. And I just absolutely loved it and, uh, and actually still have it at home. It's up on a mantle in our basement and, uh, and one of those pieces. You know, there are just certain projects your kids might make and you're like, yeah, I just kind of love that one. Well, that is one of those for me. But uh, it was so cool she was walking through this, learning everything about mosaics. You know, I mean, if you ever look at a mosaic, it's just crazy to look at it up close and see the pieces and then to pull back and see the overall picture of everything that's been created. And mosaics have been around good night. I mean, for a, just a ton of time. In fact, the first ones that are, are documented that we know of go all the way back to the third century B.C., like worldwide, the amount of mosaics that you can go see in ancient buildings, to cathedrals and churches, to museums, places that have them as floors or as walls or as ceilings of different people, of different places. They're just incredible. They're, they're even modern day artists now who will work with mosaics and create portraits of different people out of uh, these different pieces, all pictures that you would recognize who these people are just simply out of little stuff. The idea of mosaics is just incredible. And that actually fits with the subject that we're headed into today. But before we get there, welcome to Blackhawk. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And uh, we're really glad that you are joining us. Regardless if you're joining us at one of our sites or if you're joining us online, one of our venues here, or if you're live in the room, we're really glad that you're with us. And we are actually um, in week seven of a series that we've been doing during this season called Rooted, where we have been taking a look at the, the basic foundations of what we believe as Christ followers. What are the things that we are grounded in and rooted in? And what does it look like to take these beliefs and understand what it is that we believe and why we believe it, that we might root ourselves in those things. So when the storms of life inevitably come, that we would be able to stand strong in the midst of those times. And we're taking all of these different, uh, all of these different topics that we're dealing with actually come from our own denomination, from the Evangelical Free Church of America, their statement of faith. And so far, we've talked about subjects like God, and Jesus and the Bible. Last week, Lynn did an amazing, amazing message on the Holy Spirit. Well, today, we are supposed to talk about the church. And let me just say, I feel a little funny giving the talk on the church. Because if you think about it, my idea is to try to talk to a community of people, to all of you, about the importance of church. And you're here at church you know, it's kind of like preaching to the choir. Regardless if you're watching online, you've taken the time to do that, or if you're here in one of our sites, my guess is that for a lot of you, you're like, Matt, yeah, 
tell me something I don't know. I'm sort of bought in. I believe in the church. That's why I'm here right now. But I would also, I would never want to presume that that's everybody. Like, look, I, okay, I know that there are some of you who are here right now. And <laughs> you've been forced to be here. Like, you don't really want to be here, but someone in your family, either your parents or a spouse, kind of forced you, grandparent, aunt, you know, force you to be here. You can elbow that person right now if you want to. You have full freedom to do that. So, because I remember what it was like to be a kid and not really want to go to church, and my parents are like, nope, you're going to church, you know? Some of you, you might be here right now because um, you've, uh, like, somebody sort of bribed you into being here. They said that they would take you out for brunch if you came to church with them. And let me tell you, there are plenty of, like, lame things I've sat through before for a free meal, you know? You might be in that boat right now. You, you might be here actually because, like, you feel guilty about something you've done recently like you you did something stupid over the weekend and you're like man I gotta get to church you know like and believe me I've been there I remember doing stuff in college and being like "Mm, Sunday I gotta be in church you know for some of you you might be sitting here and you're like to be honest I'm skeptical of the whole church thing like like I like I like I love the idea of Jesus I'm just not so sure that I buy into the church you see my guess is if we were to poll the audience There would be people at all of our sites, all of our venues watching online who would fall into all of these camps. And so that's why I look at it and think it's worth it for us to have a conversation on why church, why is it important? You know, it's interesting because when we look at scripture and we go back to the time where Jesus was actually walking the planet, he actually had quite a bit of stuff to say about the church. In fact, when we really dive into it, the, the church was, was his idea. I want to look at that for a few minutes. If you've got your Bibles with you or you pull up your Bible on your smartphone, let's go to Matthew chapter 16 together right now. Matthew chapter 16. Now, Matthew chapter 16, we actually, we started, um, we started, when was it? Just a few weeks ago, we looked at this passage just a little bit as I was giving a sermon on Jesus as Lord. But to give a little context in this message, Jesus has been with his disciples and, and traveling with them. And as he's traveling with them, he's kind of asking them the question of like, okay, like what's the word on the street about who I am? And the disciples begin to answer this question. And then Jesus, in a way that Jesus so masterfully does, turns the question towards them and says, yeah, but okay, well, what about you? Like, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter's the one who steps up in this moment and says something here in scripture but that for many of us we know of. It's a fairly famous passage of scripture. Starting with verse 16, he says this. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. In other words, like, you didn't come up with this on your own. You know, and somebody else didn't just tell you about this. He says, this wasn't by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. He's the one who revealed this to you. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, will not overcome it. See, it's interesting when we take a look at what it is that Jesus is saying about the church in this statement. You see, because for some of us, we might look at the church and say, well, I love Jesus. I'm just not so sure about the church. Yeah, well, whose idea was the church? It says that I will build my church. In other words, the church is Jesus' idea. He came up with it. 
He originated it. He's the one who thought it up. He's the originator of the idea of the church. And he said that the church that he's creating, well, guess what? The gates of hell or Hades will not overcome it. In other words, the the evil that takes place throughout the world will never prevail over the church altogether. And really, I mean, like if you look at it throughout history, hasn't that been true? I mean, when we look at history of of, of nations that have come and gone, that have had different perspectives on what they thought about Christianity, many of them trying to oppress Christianity altogether that have come and gone. Wars that have taken place, hatred among people groups, bigotry, racism, moral failures that have taken countries down, uh, all kinds of different situations, global pandemics that have happened throughout history. And yet the church just continues to move forward. And the reason why it continues to move forward is because of the person who is building it. Jesus says that I will build my church. It's my idea, and I'm going to build it. And so, Peter, you are, you are the rock. You and the disciples are the founders. You're the ones, and then it's all going to be from your shoulders that other people stand on their shoulders throughout time all the way through the church. But keep in mind who's building it. He says, I will build my church. See, that's important for us to remember because it gives us perspective of who he is and who we are. Because I think that, see, I think that sometimes we can look at the church and say, yeah, we, we decided as a group of people to, to pull together and we, we created this church and we invited God into it. We kind of have that perspective. And when we start thinking about church that way, we've got it completely backwards. It's not that we create something and we invite God into it. We invite Jesus into it. You see, it's... it's Jesus created something, and he invites us into it to play a role that he desires for us to play in the world. You see, Jesus, man, Jesus, he, he founded the church. He loves the church. He's the one, one more little spot. He, he's the one who created it. He believes in the church. If you ever want to know how much somebody actually loves something, or sacrifice, like, love something or, or, or believes in something, all you have to do is look at what they're willing to sacrifice for it. The Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five actually said this. He said that he reminded us that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He was a believer. He sacrificed everything for the sake of what he saw the church could do through the lives of people in the future. Okay, so... Let's pause there for a minute and talk about, so when we're talking about church, what is it that we're really talking about? Like, what does that really mean? Well, our denomination actually came up with a statement based upon all the passages of scripture for the church to try to give people an idea. When we're talking about church, what is it that we're talking about? And so in our statement of faith, it actually says this. It says, we believe that the true church comprises all who have been justified by God's grace through faith alone in Christ alone. They are united by the Holy Spirit. You want to hear more about the Holy Spirit? Go back and listen to Lynn's message last week. It was amazing. So they are united by the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, of which he is the head. The true church is manifest in in local churches. Okay, so what's this all saying? The, the, the actual statement of faith goes on to say all kinds of things about sort of the nuts and bolts of the church as it moves forward into communion and baptism and all kinds of things. We're not going to deal with that today. 
What I want to look at is what did they mean by what they were talking about with the church, this idea of the true church and of local churches. In the true church, what they're talking about there around Blackhawk, we would call that like the big C church. All people who have come to the place of accepting Jesus Christ and him alone for their salvation throughout history, throughout time, through like every tribe, tongue, and nation. Any person who has come to the place of accepting Jesus as their savior, as soon as they make that decision, they are a part of the big C church, a part of that community. And, and that community consists of or is made up of local churches. That's what we would call um, little C church. So you've got the big C church, or wait, is it, which way are you seeing it right? Yeah, this way. So big C church and then little C church. Little C church would be kind of like what Blackhawk church is. It's a, it's a community of people striving to live like Jesus in this world that we live in. And so Blackhawk would be considered a little C church. And little C churches are the places that desire to kind of fling the doors open in order to help other people understand who Jesus is, that anyone can be a part of those communities. And that's the reason why around here, we get excited every time that we open the doors because we know there are people who are all over the map spiritually. And if you're in that camp, man, welcome. Like, we're glad you're here. And we always say around here, this is a place where you can come, you can kick the tires of Christianity, and, and you don't have to believe to belong. But I also, like, I want to show my hand to you that our hope as a church is that every person who comes through the doors of this place, every person who joins us online, that they would come to a place of understanding the love and grace and forgiveness of Jesus and giving their life to him, that they would become a part of the Big C Church. That's the reason why we do what we do. And so Blackhawk would be considered a local church. In the same way that there are all kinds of churches throughout Dane County that are just amazing local churches that we get a chance to partner with. So we're a local church in the same way that like High Point and Door Creek and Fountain of Life and Lighthouse and Mount Zion and Redeemer City and Doxa and Red Village and uh, The Vine, uh, um, uh, Res, Res Pres, Resurrection Presbyterian, all these other churches that are fantastic churches, local churches of people who are striving to live differently. Okay, so that should lead us to another place. What's the local church? These communities, like what we're gathered in right now, regardless if you're watching or at sites or here in the room, what's that supposed to look like? Well, I think that's an important thing for us to understand because it can be easy over a season, I believe, to kind of drift into a mindset without even realizing it that isn't necessarily what Jesus had in mind for the church. It can be easy over time for us to see the church, like especially in a season like COVID, like that we've been through, to, to see the church as, a, as something that I attend or to see it as a building that I go to. And we talk about that around here at Blackhawk quite a bit. Like here at Brader Way, is this place the church? Okay, that was really weak. I know I didn't really lay that out there. All the other sites, yeah, they think you're kind of lame right now. So let's try that again, those of you live in the room, and everybody else can join in too. The place where you're at, whether you're Fitchburg or downtown or here at Brader Way, are these buildings, is this the church? No. Oh, that was so much better. So no, the church is not a building. The church is not an institution. The church is not a service I go to. The church is not something that I watch and take in. The church is not an event that I'm a part of. No, 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 no. The church is something so much bigger than that. The church is 
people, not a place. The church, we don't just attend church. We are the church. The church, if you will, is supposed to be a mosaic of all different types of people who are brought together and used by God to, to strive to help each other understand who Jesus is and to live that out in the world that we are a part of. That's really more than anything what the church is supposed to be. It's not a place, it's a people. We don't just attend church. We, we are the church. Okay, so what does it look like though to be able to take that and not just like know that in my mind, but to actually root ourselves in the idea of being the church. What I wanna do for the remainder of our time is I wanna just look at three different ideas that I think really move us in this direction of what it means to be church. So, and the first one is that as the church, we are meant to be together, not solo. We're meant to be together, not solo. Uh, I tried to rhyme it a little bit. We are, the, the church is meant to be together, not just a solo endeavor. It doesn't work perfectly, but it kind of does. So give me a little grace there because this is church and you're supposed to show me grace. So the church is meant to be together, not solo. Look, when you think of mosaics, you never see a one-piece mosaic. A one-piece mosaic is just sort of lame, you know? Try to look one up. I looked and I couldn't find one anywhere, you know? We, um, and yet the world that we live in, like here in, in Western culture, in the United States, man, we get into this idea of being very individualistic and our world kind of like baits us that way. You know, it's interesting. There are actually statistics that have been shown recently, studies that have been done that show that the United States is one of, if not the most individualistic country in the world. And that bleeds into every area of our lives, including our relationship with Christ. So it can be easy for us to look at things and go, Matt, look, I, um, I, I like Jesus, but I don't feel like I need to be in the church. Like my relationship with Jesus, it can just be me and my Bible, you know, and Jesus. And that's, I've got everything I need right here. And yet the reality is like when we look at the first century church, the church that Jesus created, that's so far from what it was that he desired for the church to be. I mean, think about it, like from the beginning, like the people, they didn't, they didn't have their own Bible. You know, people weren't walking around, me, my Bible, and Jesus. They would have been like, I don't know what you mean by Bible. I don't have one of those. Most people, there were a lot of people who couldn't even read. And so everything within the church was about this community of people that would come together to do church, to be church together, to learn from one another. See, in our world, like you can pull out your smartphone right now and you can swipe up and you can find, you can find hundreds of translations, whatever one you like best. And then for worship music, you can be like, great, I'm just gonna go to Spotify and create my own playlist of the worship music that I like the most. You know, and then, you know, I mean, you can go on and you can find any message on YouTube from any speaker on any subject that you would be interested in hearing about. And it can be very easy to start seeing your relationship with Jesus as something that is all individualistic, that it is all solo. Yeah, I mean, think about this. I mean, we've created online church. During this season, because of COVID, you could pretty much right now, you could, if you're watching online, you could click off right now and go watch any church anywhere that you'd be interested in seeing and just take that in. Now, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm a believer in online church. 
Like, I love what God has been doing through our church during this online time. I know there are all kinds of people right now who are watching in your home because you've got kids and they haven't been vaccinated and you don't feel comfortable coming back. Like, we get that. I understand that there are people with other physical ailments that are keeping them from being able to come and be in our sites. And so you're doing stuff at home. I know there are people who have work right now and can't be here for a service or people who are on vacation or they're away on a work trip. But because of what we do online, you're able to join all of us who are here right now and be a part of what we're doing. Here's the other thing that I love. We know of small communities of people, not just in Dane County, but around the country, some that are around the world, of people who are gathering together right now as a church, and, and they're a part of everything it is that we're doing. Like, we see what God's doing through online, and it's just amazing. But at the same time, I know that online also can be something that kind of enables people to do church solo, you know, I mean, for, for those of us who are here in the building and some of you who are watching online right now, like, do you remember how convenient it was to get up in the morning in your PJs and to make your own coffee and to sit there and take in church? There's something great about it. I mean, for the weeks where I wasn't on, I kind of loved it, you know, and yet there is something so powerful about being together. Look, I'm just saying for any of you who might be, you're in Dane County right now and you're doing church that way. I just want to encourage you to consider coming back because the ways that God desires to use you here in the lives of people and the ways that God desires to use other people in your life, man, that, it's the way that church was meant to be. Church was not meant to be solo. It was meant to be together. And you might be saying right now, you might be going, Matt, that's all nice and all, but I mean, if I'm honest, I, I like Jesus. I just don't like other Christians. They're kind of <laughs> lame and I would agree with you on that. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're all, is it true we're all flawed? And, and, and there, that's the one place I've gotten an amen so far from the service. That's fantastic. Amen, we're all flawed. So we, uh, you know, when we, when we look at the concept of us as human beings, we're flawed people. There's lots of stuff that has been done in the name of the church that has damaged other people. I know that those things have happened. There are people who are here who are healing because they've been damaged by the church. But just because the church is full of flawed people does not mean that we write it off completely. That was not the idea of Jesus. I mean, think about it. We don't really do that in other areas of our lives. Like, we've all seen bad movies, but we didn't say, I'm never watching another movie. Or we've all had a bad experience at a restaurant. We haven't been like, I am never going to a restaurant again, you know? Same way with the church. It's full of flawed people. Flawed people are going to hurt flawed people. But you realize when Jesus created the church, he knew that it was going to be full of flawed people. And his desire is that it would be flawed people who step into one another's lives to carry each other's burdens, to encourage each other, like to walk alongside one another in the difficulties of life, to show each other things like grace and mercy and forgiveness, that we would be people who love each other deeply. Now, one of, the, one of the best ways that we have to be able to do that around here at Blackhawk is in groups. Groups, in my opinion, are one of the best ways to be able to get to the reality of together as church. And we have all kinds of groups that are about to get started around here at Blackhawk. I mean, we have groups for, look, if you're, a, if you're a middle school student or a high school student who's watching or in the room, I can't encourage you enough to get in a group. 
I mean, they're all over Dane County and online. We have groups that are available for you. If you're a college student watching, getting ready to move here to Madison, or if you're a young adult in the area, we have groups for you. If you're looking for a multi-generational group, we have all kinds of groups. If you're looking for site-specific groups, Fitchburg, downtown, everyone here at Brader Way, we have groups for you. We have, we have groups that are specific to cultures if you're interested in being in a group that way. So Blackhawk Chinese Ministry, we have groups that are available for you. Blackhawk African American Ministry, there are groups that are available if you'd like to be in a group that way. We even have a new um, fledgling Spanish-speaking ministry that is beginning, and there are groups available in there. Amen to that. So we see, yes, <laughs> so we have groups like that that are available. There are groups for people struggling with addiction. There are all kinds of different groups. I'm just encouraging you, take the step to be online, go to Connection Point at any of our sites afterwards, and over these next weeks, you have the opportunity to get into a group because there's no such thing as a one-piece mosaic. We were meant to do church together, not as a solo endeavor. The church is meant to be together. So, okay, that's one point. Let's go to number two. The church is not just meant to be together, but the church also, we were meant to be unified, not uniform. Uh, you know, like, in, in Scripture, there are all kinds of word pictures that are used to kind of talk about the church and give us a picture of it. One that is used a lot of times, including in our statement of faith, is this idea of the body. So in 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul talks about this. If you want to turn there, 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 12, it says this. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized into one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up of, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Okay, now, this passage is talking predominantly as it moves forward into the idea of spiritual gifts that people bring to the table. But there's also something that Paul is doing here that's incredibly important for us to look at. Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. Do you realize what he's doing there? He's talking about differences in cultures, differences in ethnicities, differences and socioeconomic statuses that take place. He's giving a picture of this community of people who would come together, and though they are different, they become one, because the goal is not to be uniform, but be unified, and he's saying that that unification of different types of people is good. The body isn't all made to be one type, one part, one thing. It's meant to be all kinds of differences, and the ways that our pieces are different actually makes the body good and strong, and whole. You see, and that's difficult for us sometimes because the thing, like, for all of us, we move towards comfort, you know, and, and <laughs> people who we are most comfortable around oftentimes are people who are just like us. But he's giving us a picture that, man, when we are different, there is actually great strength in differences because the body is made whole. So last week, I, uh, I had the chance to be able to be at our two other sites. And so downtown in Fitchburg, it was so fun being with you all. And I, uh, while I was at Fitchburg, I had a friend of mine named Guillermo who came up to me uh, during the service and introduced me to a family I had never met before. And uh, the husband and wife were David and Sam, and they had two young daughters. 
And I got into a conversation with them just asking what their experience had been like so far. And uh, David and Sam, I found out, were from Spain. And, and they moved here during COVID due to struggles that their family was having during COVID. And so they moved originally to Milwaukee and then to Madison because they have family in Milwaukee. And Sam actually got a job here in Madison in Dane County as an elementary school ESL teacher. And so they were making the move. So as soon as they were getting ready to come, they knew they were coming to Madison, they jumped on our website and found our church and started watching online. And from that online deal, they found out about this little fledgling ministry that started the Spanish-speaking ministry, about 20 to 25 people who are joining together like on a monthly basis to get to know each other and do different activities. And so a week ago this past Friday was the first time that they actually attended that in person. And they met Guillermo at that, and Guillermo then invited them to come to church at Fitchburg last week for the first time. So last week was the first time they walked through the doors of Blackhawk Fitchburg. And when I talked to them after the, you know, after the service, I was like, so, how's it been? How are you doing? And, they were, and Sam looked at me and she said, uh, I feel like we found home. You see, God is just at work in the ways that he's using the church. And part of the thing that he's doing for us as a church, he's making us stronger by the way that we are not uniform, but we are unified. There's something powerful about that. That's what God calls us to. So, okay, that's number two. Let's go to number three real quick. And that is, as the church, we are meant to be contributors, not consumers. I mean, let's face it. We live in a consumeristic society, right? Like, everything is about us. Like, the world baits us to think that, the, like, I, when I look at the world, it can be easy for me to look at the world as, say, like, I'm saying to the world, entertain me. You know, uh, entertain me, uh, um, fill me, impress me. And the world just becomes about me and my perspective. And we can easily do that when we come to the church, thinking that a church is just a place where I come to consume, where you're hoping, like, I hope the pastor's message is just on point today. And the worship music, man, it better be moving. It better move me in some direction. And to think of church this way, I'm just telling you, when Jesus came, that was not his thought process of what he wanted to create the church to be. It's just a place where we consume. It was interesting. One time when he was with his disciples, two of his disciples, these two brothers, James and, and John, they came to Jesus and, uh, and they asked if, um, and once they all got to glory, if they could have the two hot seats, if they could, have the, if they could seat, sit at Jesus' right hand and his left hand. In other words, the seats of like, notoriety and power and success and fame, you know, be those two. And needless to say, this didn't go over well with the rest of the disciples. You know, I think partially because some of the disciples were going, why didn't I think of that? You know, like, and, uh, and so it doesn't go over well. An argument starts out. And so Jesus says to them in the midst of this time, he says these words in Mark chapter 10. He says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus wants his church to be filled with people who don't just consume, but contribute. Because, see, he realized that, I mean, and I think that for many of us who serve around here, we would say this, real spiritual growth happens not just when we consume, but when we give when we give of our gifts, 
financially, when we give of our talents and abilities, when we give to the good of the whole, there's something powerful that happens. We are meant to be people who contribute. So I told you um, this story about last week with Sam and David. Um, so two weeks before that, I was here at Braider Way. And while I was Braider Way here, there was this couple who saw me from a distance and they go, Pastor Matt. And I was like, hey, I don't know you, and, uh, which happens around here occasionally. And so I walked over to them and they're like, yeah, 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 it's our first time in the building. I'm like, oh, fantastic, you're new. Well, let us, what can I do to help you get connected in? Can I bring you over to Connection Point, meet some people? They're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, uh, and they said, actually, we've been coming to Blackhawk for a long time. See, we keep hearing this story more and more because they're people who have been joining us online through the COVID season. And that's what they did at the beginning of COVID. They got connected into Blackhawk. And at the beginning of COVID, we were doing everything we could to try to get as many people into groups as possible. And so as we talked about it online, they took the jump to get into a life group. And, uh, and they got into this like short-term life group, which was only supposed to meet for six weeks and, and so they're in this group, and the six weeks came and went, and they're like, we don't want to stop meeting. Do we have to stop meeting? And so their short-term group kind of became a long-term group. It just sort of continued on and on. They would set dates. Let's do another three weeks. And then at the end of that, they'd be like, we still like each other. Let's keep going. And so it just sort of continued on. Well, the life group leaders that were in that group, the husband actually got a job in another area of the country, and they were headed there, and they were going to get involved with a church there. And so this group was in need of, uh, of new life group leaders. And so this couple, Stan and Jerry, they said, well, we'll lead. And so they stepped up and took the steps to become life group leaders of this group that was meeting online. And the first time they were in the building was three Sundays ago. Isn't that just cool? Like, look, first time, new to the building. Oh, no, 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 but we've been involved We've been connecting, we've been contributing for months because we know the church isn't just a place I attend, it's a people who we are and there's something powerful that happens when that takes place. You see, <laughs> Jesus' desire is that we would be people who were in the game that way, that we would bring our own little piece to the mosaic of what he is creating called the church. And for some of you right now, you might be going, well, Matt, that's really nice. And you hear me saying, and would you get in the game? You know, like you, you might be hearing those words. And let me just say, if you're hearing me say get in the game, I wanna, I wanna be cautious of that because I know that there's some people who are here right now. You've been at other churches. You have stuff going on in your life and you're healing. And I get that. And the last thing I want you to hear me say is to try to strong arm you in some way into serving. But I know that for a lot of us, and it's, an, it's been an easy season just to sit back and consume. And I'm asking, would you get in the game? And for some of you, when you hear me say that, you might be going, Matt, look, <laughs> if, you, if you really knew my story, you would not be asking me to serve. Because I'm, I'm broken. Like, I am, man, my life is just a mess. Like, if anything, I look at myself, man, I am, I'm just like garbage. You know what I love? about this mosaic that Hannah made me. There's not a single piece of glass in this picture. It's not broken. You know what I love about these, these pictures that I showed earlier of all of these different people? Do you know what is the common denominator in all of these pieces, many that were created by different artists? As they held themselves, the only materials that they used for these pictures was trash. 
stuff that had been thrown away and discarded. You can't tell until you look up close of all sorts of different things, you know, buttons and paper clips and dead batteries and disposable razors and cell phones that are no longer usable, tape dispensers that don't work any longer. All of this stuff that to the world would just be looked at as broken and trash. But think about this. In the hands of a masterful artist, he takes all of this broken individual stuff and makes it into something that is so beautiful that it causes people to stop and stare. See, that was Jesus' idea of the church. His desire was to take all of us, and though we are broken, to create a community that would cause the world to stop and stare. That was his plan to reach the world. And by the way, for Jesus, there was no plan B. That was his idea. What if we strive to be that type of church? What, like, the thing I'm asking you today is would you consider taking your peace if you're not in the game with us already? And I know that for a lot of you, we already are. But would you take your peace and bring it to the mosaic of what God is doing here? If it's not at Blackhawk and you're not sure this is the place, find a church where you can do that to bring your peace. Because his desire was not that we would just attend church, but that we would be the church. And in doing that, in the way that we love one another, the way that we are together fighting the desire to be solo, the way that we are unified, loving the differences in one another, seeing the differences in our multi-generational, multi-ethnic, though we are different in our stances politically, in the ways that we do life, in our socioeconomic statuses, that we would be brought together to be something that was so counter cultural that the world would stop and stare. Let me just ask, do you think the world needs some of that right now? We live in a world that is so polarized and in so many cases feels so hopeless. But Jesus desires for the church to be a different type of a community where people come and they're just blown away by the way that we love each other, by the way we contribute, by the way that we serve one another. Because the church was never meant to be just a place that we attend. It's meant to be a people who have the ability with Jesus as the head to change the world. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are and the way that you work in our lives. And Lord God, thank you so much for the church, Lord Jesus, that you created. And God, we just admit right now, like we are broken people, we are messed up, we are flawed, we have blown it in so many different ways. I pray, Lord, that you would, would take our brokenness and our flawedness and use us in one another's lives to transform us into more of who you are. That through what you do in us collectively, that you would transform the city, this nation, this world. We pray that for the same thing for churches all over this city, High Point, Door Creek, and Fountain of Life, and Z Mount Zion, and Lighthouse, and uh, Res Prez, and Doxa, Red Village, all of these different churches, God, we pray that your hand would be on them and you would transform them into places that truly reflect who you are for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.